You're listening to Bite Sized Beauty, a podcast by Adore Beauty that breaks down the topics you want to hear more about into easy to listen to bite sized series. From sex to skin, we can guarantee there's something for everyone. So go on, sink your teeth into it. I'm Kerry Stanley. And I'm Kate Radford. And welcome to Timeless, a podcast made by us. Two hair and makeup artists with almost 30 years of experience each. And we're on the fabulous side of 50. We are here to have open and honest conversations about ageing and what it looks like to us in our world and in our profession. And boy, today's topic, we know pretty well. We're a little bit excited about it. What are we going to chat about today, lovely Kate? This is our lives, basically. We are going to be chatting with a fantastic makeup artist who has forged her career and and is specialising in makeup for the over 40s market. Yeah, what a big market it is. But let's chat about our own experiences. Of course, we've been in the biz for many years. And now that we are, you know, getting older ourselves, you know, how are you finding it? How, I guess, on a personal sense, you know, your own makeup regime, how that is changing, and then we'll get, we'll get into how it's changing in our work lives. We've been talking about changes to our skin and changes to our hair uh, and our bodies, and um, and certainly makeup. I believe we we have to start taking a new approach, given that those changes, particularly with our skin and our facial structure, um, you can't do the same things that you used to do, and I think that it's. Uh, it's become very apparent that we need to look at the products that we're using and our application. I feel like, well, for myself, that less is definitely more now. Yeah, what about you, Kerry? Yeah, I think personally my pendulum swings quite far and wide, so I can be very much on a day-to-day basis, not much at all. Um, Certainly my foundation has changed over the years in that respect. I like something that's got a little bit more... A dewiness to it, but not too shiny. I don't want to um, have look like a disco ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I've, I've certainly changed that. But on and then I always wear a bright lippy. I love I love my colour now, and and a little slick of mascara. But then when I'm doing more presenting and uh, and online work and hosting, I love a really good face of makeup. Like go and like. Set that makeup gun to full on because I yes. love a full, a full face. So it kind of goes both ways. I swing yes. both ways when it comes to that sense. But, yeah. you know, I find, yes, definitely technique has changed. My eyelids have changed. That's the biggest thing we're here, isn't it? That's when a big thing, yes. When we're chatting with our women, uh, when we, we're out there in the workforce uh, looking after them, that is our eye shape has changed. So we need to change those techniques. And that's okay because when it's done well, great. When it's not done well, well, you really notice it. And I think what I'm finding with our speaking with our humans over 40 is that they tend to shy away from it because they're not feeling confident in their techniques anymore because their eye shape has changed or they're feeling stuck in a rut because they're not sure what the new process is. So they're kind of avoiding it. The general thing I hear when someone's sitting in my chair is like, oh, I actually like makeup, but I have no idea how to do it. And I think when you get to our age, we have really gone on that massive roller coaster from, well, I mean, we've talked about this before and we've talked about this with some of our other guests, that um, when we start first started wearing makeup, 
I guess, in the 80s and it was full, well, for me, full new romantics, you know, really quite dramatic. And then the, and then the 90s, same again. Do you remember, the, you know, the poppy lipsticks and how she um, developed those, you know, the seven deadly sins and they were matte and they were really dull and, and heavy and we looked like <laughs> we'd been punched in the mouth. babies <laughs> did not move. Yeah, that That's was that it. was some That's waxy it. kind of lipstick. <laughs> yeah, and it was and it was full eye, full lip, you know, and then and then as we sort of entered, you know, into the two thousands, you know, peter off and you only choose one aspect of your face to highlight. So it was either a bright lip with a pared back eye or or, or the reverse. And then then came the, you know, the real goddess gorgeous supermodel smoky eye with the nude lip and and I feel like we're morphing out you know there's a little bit of everything now which I love because you Mm. can do all of it but yes back to your point about how our facial structure changes and where we're dealing with um, the changes in the elasticity of our skin and yeah eyelids drooping and dropping and some people have that you know, that's their genetic makeup and that's the shape of their eye and that's always been the shape of their eye. But for most people as they age, that skin on the eyelid becomes very loose and saggy and can hang over your eyelashes and it makes it very, very hard to apply the makeup full stop. Um, You don't know where to stop on the eyelid to, you know, and you you don't want to enhance that sagginess. Um, I tried to put on winged eyeliner the other day. <laughs> That's the nemesis of, of everyone, isn't it? Oh, my God. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm a professional, but add in the, uh, the obstacles like uh, glasses and, you know, mm-hmm. magnifying mirrors and getting your angles right, and it's a really, really difficult thing to do on yourself, let alone when we're working on, on other people and trying to help teach them. I'm with you on the foundations. I don't think I, I, I powder has not touched my face in quite a while now. I love a really creamy, you know, we talked about BB creams and how a tinted moisturizer was possibly the way to go if you were just wanting a nice overall coverage. Mm. Um, yeah, less is more on the eyes for me now, definitely. I have um, invested in um, a really great eye serum eyelash oh they are the bomb when you find a good yeah. one I mean, there are a lot out there which one do you recommend kate i started using eye envy now i've been using it for about a month and it is actually making a difference it's it's probably out of any of those new things to try it's definitely for me made a humongous mm. humongous difference um so i'm investing in things like a really good quality tinted moisturizer because i don't like i don't usually like a full coverage uh, a really good mascara the color choice on the eye is an important thing to factor in as well. But uh, but that's where, as you have mentioned before, that it's po- possibly not a bad idea to have a makeup lesson with a professional that is experienced in working with faces of that sort of age group. I completely agree. A lesson is a really good way to go. Get some one-on-one time when somebody uh, knows what they're talking about. You can certainly go online with our next guest or you can go in store. You can look up um, hiring artists that can come to you and have some time with them. I think my number one tip to 
And to anyone, when you're trying something new, don't do it when you're running out the door. Oh, good idea. Yes, yes. You've got to give yourself the time, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You absolutely do. You're learning something new. You want to put something into practice. Allow yourself that time. Treat yourself that time to sit yep. and have a play. Okay, winged eyeliners are not for everybody, <laughs> and that's absolutely okay. It's all yes. right to leave that behind. No. I'm a bit devastated about it. that, though, because I did like it when I was younger. <laughs> no. Well, that's okay. You had your time with it. So you can pass yep. that on to those that it suits, and that's absolutely fine. Um, like I said, tubing mascara, love it. My favourite brand with that, Estee Lauder Double Wear. It's Ah, the yes, that's a goodie. Love it. Very nice. Thank you. Creamy highlighters. Yes. So if you want to do, so go into your creams rather than your powders. Or if you're going into powders, any of the hourglass power, powders, stunning. Those light reflecting, yes, beautiful. Light reflecting, beautiful. Yep. Maybe a little bit off topic here, but what I learned only fairly recently with my sister-in-law, who is a cosmetician, injectables, she's a nurse, all of that kind of mm-hmm, thing, mm-hmm. is that under the eyes is, of course, we have got fat pads under the eyes. So as we get older, those fat pads slide down. And so when they slide down, it makes our eye, the skin under our eyes a lot more thinner. Yeah, and you get that hollowing, don't you? Hollowing yes. and the darker circles under the eyes. It's because of the moving fat pads. I thought, mm. it kind of sounds like, you, I don't know, like a chicken fillet has fallen out. Yeah. <laughs> like you've lost <laughs> your, out of your bra. You've lost your, your chicken stuffing. Fillet. <laughs> chicken fillet's fallen out of your bra. And that's oh, kind of what I pictured in my head. Uh, anyway, let's let's get back to that. Yes. Uh, but, what, but what we're talking about under the eyes, thinking about you have to weigh up the, the, any kind of dark circles versus crinkles and wrinkles. Yeah, texture. Texture, mm. because if you put too much product under there, it's going to exacerbate it and yes. enhance that and not in a great way. So it's kind of that marrying up, finding that more, again, a light reflective product, more of a creamier substance. Um, consider, I think, that, again, that's one of those number one questions that a lot of people ask me that probably ask you too, Kate, is, oh, what's the best concealer? It yep. all depends. It really it just depends, depends on, on where you're using on it on your face and what, what, what the application's for, doesn't it? That's right. Yes. And yes. like you said, Kerry, yes, give yourself, you do need to give yourself the time. And not a lot of us have got a lot of time to indulge in these things because people think it's, well, perhaps it is an indulgence. Yeah. But is it though? Is it, in, is it indulgent? Have we been conditioned to think that oh, it's indulgent to actually... Are. Treat ourselves to whatever makes us feel good. We've spoken about programming before. We have. Mm. True. Oh, there you go. I just went down that road. <laughs> you did. I think you've just tapped onto that too. Because we're told we've got to be busy and running out the door and doing everything. And also, I like to call it the burnt chop syndrome. Have you ever heard of this analogy? Oh, no, okay, I have so, not. All right. As, as, a, as a mother, or it, well, you don't have to be a mother, but yes. generally, if you've cooking something like that and there's one burnt chop, do you serve it to your partner or to your kids or to whoever you've got at your dinner table? No, you do not. You eat it yourself. Okay. Look at that. Obi-Wan Kenobi, here I am. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. As women, we always do that. We save the crap stuff for ourselves. So, Neil, it's time to change that. Let's, Let's take that time and perfect whatever we need to do to make our seals feel great. For you, it's a light, it's a fresh face. It's To me, if I've got the time, I love doing a good face and a full face. Yes. That's, that's just okay too, whatever works, whatever makes you happy. 
So, Kate, I know you have to scoot us, so I'm going to be having this chat uh, solo. So thank you for letting me do that. But I'd like you to introduce our next guest. So Kerry is going to be speaking with our next guest, the fantastic Amanda Ramsey. Amanda is an award-winning makeup artist from Queensland and she specialises in over-40s makeup. She is incredible. Amanda, so your your specialty, and of course it's not all that you do, but you market yourself as an over-40s specialist, and I love that because I think there's such a necessity for it. And so how did your career work its way into that? What made you decide or was just a kind of an ebb and flow as you fell into it as you got older yourself? It's such a great question, and I think it actually started, the seed was planted Many years before I did go down that road, I'd been a makeup artist for many years and my mother-in-law had said to me, she's in the UK and I was probably in my mid-30s at this point and she'd said to me that she talked about her menopause experience and how she had started to feel actually invisible, like no one, you know, she was looked over at the shop, she's looked over in a bar, she's looked over everywhere and it just broke my heart into a thousand pieces that I hadn't contemplated this feeling of invisibility through that middle age period. And then I was 40, my husband threw this big party for me. I was breastfeeding my second child. I wasn't feeling very special. And it was then I was having my own feelings of a bit of irrelevance in an industry that we know as makeup artists really does celebrate youth. Mm. And I was a mother of two young children and I wasn't really sure where I fit in. And then the third piece of the puzzle was that all of a sudden out of the woodwork, now I'd been a makeup artist for let's say 10 years at this point, if not more. And so my friends had tapped access anytime they want to all the advice in the world, what products I was loving, and they didn't really make great use of it. And then all of a sudden I'm getting text messages, emails, phone calls. I'm in this retailer. What do I need? And I thought, what is going on? Why is everyone suddenly tapping into my knowledge? And then it dawned on me that no one was really talking to them. They didn't walk in feeling welcome. They didn't walk in feeling like they belonged there anymore. And they really wanted that guidance and advice on what was right for them. Now, whether that came from they noticed that their needs were changing or whether it just came from not feeling catered for anymore. That's really Mm. that lack of good support and knowledge at that sales end of things was really lacking. And I felt like I'm going to be that girl. I just don't want that to happen. I don't want women to feel invisible, irrelevant. I think beauty is to be celebrated at every age. So that's how the mission started. 100%. It's so interesting that you say that going into that retail space because at that age, whether it's the time that we've got money to spend, 
Wait, so it actually does not make sense, does it, from a uh, from a, a monetary perspective, from a retailing side of things to go, oh, you know, you see someone walk in and go, radio, you know, I can look after you and you know that we will go. The general consumer can walk into a space and be so completely overwhelmed because there is so much available to them and go, I'm not sure, uh, give me everything. <laughs> That's generally what happens. It's a minefield out there. That's so true. And look, I'll say, I know what I'm doing. We know what we're doing. We know the solutions, yet I will go into those spaces sometimes and find it very overwhelming. And I do think that when I was running my in-person makeup masterclasses around the country and women would come with their makeup purses and they really were everything in the kitchen sink. I've got all this stuff. I don't know what to do with it because Mm. of that experience of going in and the very well-intended salespeople, like very well-intended, of course they want women to get the best, but, you know, they've just sort of gone, oh, I think this will work. I don't know how to use it. So I, I just felt like there was a huge gap that needed to be filled around making women of all ages feel seen, heard, made to feel relevant and to kind of dispel this bollocks. Youth is the only definition of beauty because it's just rubbish, right? Mm -hmm. I thought of something the other day and it just popped, look, I'm, I'm certainly not the first person to say this, but it popped into my head when you, you, you hear it or it's even told to myself being 51, uh, and they go, Oh, you look great for your age. Now, why don't you just say you look great? <laughs> we read it in the rubbishy clickbaity stuff. Don't they look great for their age? Well, how about just say, well, they look amazing rather than tag this age, this number on it. And I think we are starting to, you know, with services like yourself, to go, okay, we're here to show you how you can feel your absolute best at, at, at any time or stage in your life. I Just another little story popped into my mind, Amanda. You, I was doing a wedding some years ago and I was looking after the grandmother. It was a beautiful woman. She was in her 80s, such vitality and spirit and energy. And she said to me that she avoided mirrors at all cost because her outside did not reflect her insides. I thought that was absolutely fascinating. And that really ties into, do you think, you know, that notion of the invisibility or, you know, like this notion that it is all about the youth market. And I thought that was just so incredible and sad to come across. I went, you are, you know, this woman was incredible. She still sticks in my mind all these years later. But it's so true. I remember my own mother saying that, you know, that... (laughs) You suddenly wake up one day and you glance in the mirror and you go, oh, like, I don't feel like that woman. I feel that I feel the same. I feel great at every age I am. And yes, our appearance is changing and that's okay because it's a blooming privilege for us to age, isn't it? Like we Mm, are lucky mm. having lost my own mother, you know, way too young. This is the message I would love to share with every woman is that we are privileged to be ageing and we've been sold this trope for so long that we need to anti-age everything, which is just ridiculous. Drives me bananas, Amanda, that whole anti. It's like it's got this notion of negativity to it and it's like fight the ageing pros. I'm like, oh, my God, we're tired. We don't want to fight. Absolutely. What are we combating for heaven's sake? But I think that's just because the aesthetic and the trope we've been sold for so long by the industry 
is that youth is the only definition and we are mm. disrupting that status quo, aren't we, love? I think so. So with all, you know, these amazing masterclasses that you run, of course, over the last couple of years, no doubt you've, that fabulous word, pivoted. Uh, oh, don't we love that term? That's been used so much. Go on to online, which is fantastic because now the accessibility is for everyone to jump on. So what are you finding that the general thing is that your clients are asking for? What are they looking for when they come to you? Yeah, it's a great question because it is it is extremely varied. I guess it comes down to where a woman is at with how she's feeling about herself. So I guess for so many years working face-to-face with women as well as doing personal beauty consults with women, there are, uh, in the online makeup masterclass series, there are common questions that do come up right? And they're all aligned with how our faces are changing, our bodies are changing with age. And I'll, I'll run you through some of the top, I'd say the top five or six. Please. Eye makeup, hooding eyes, crinkling around the eyes. I want bulletproof eye makeup. Or can you show me how, how do I deal with this? Because our eyes are disappearing a little bit. So whether it's watery eyes from sensitivity or crinkling hooding, I'd say eyes is a big zone of wanting a little bit of extra support. Generally, it's around confidence boosting, whether you've lost your way or whether you're going through like big life changes happen to us over 40, right? Whether you're going through a separation, a divorce, you're empty nesting, um, relationship, shifting career, lots happens, you know, aging parents, etc. So just wanting to look better, feel more confident as well is a general theme. I think foundation, suddenly, I can't quite figure this one out with it, suddenly feeling that they need to wear it and they've never really worn it a lot before. It's like I've always had great skin and all of a sudden I feel like, I should be wearing it again, whether that's related to pigmentation and discoloration potentially, or what I have been using and I look in the mirror and go, it's actually exaggerating my lines and crinkles. So mm. what do I need to do differently? How? What formulas do I want to choose? Should I be choosing? Because you don't have to accept it looking cakey and, and accentuating your crinkles. There are ways around that for sure. I think another one is just a general lack of definition. So our features, feeling like features are just disappearing a a little or are less, yeah, less defined, feeling washed out, feeling quite pale because your skin does become a bit more translucent or we're embracing the silvers, so silver hair. So that can kind of change your colouring. So what colours are right for me now? I think they're kind of the the most common ones. And then I have to say, (laughs) there's always the one which is help during menopause because... (laughs) Yes. That, you Mm -hmm. know, the hot flushing, the sweating, the perspiration, how do we navigate that successfully with, you know, with makeup? And, of course, I'd say the next one would be concealer. I need help with dark circles and darkness under eyes. And a lot of those are related to how our uh, our actual bone structure is changing with age. It is a part of the privilege of ageing. 
And so it's understanding, getting real about what is possible with makeup and what is actually just going to happen as far as our bone bone loss happens. Mm. Like, so they they managing the, ex, managing expectations too. Yes, the, that's that's the biggest thing. Mm. It is, and and that's not to say you have to. Ex- there is a level of acceptance of accepting this is who I am now, and this is awesome. And you know, yes, my bone structure is changing. So your one top one is your occipital bone is enlarging. So your eyes are dropping a little further back into your head. So yes, you're going to notice a bit more darkness under the eyes. So makeup can do part of that. But the other part we need to just be a bit accepting of, this is who I am Mm. now. This is how my face structure is going to change. So I love that. I love kind of saying to women, okay, Let's not focus on the things that we're not digging about ourselves. What are the features you really like? And let's mm. go for it with those, like flatter, yeah. enhance those parts of you that you do love rather than getting hung up on the bits that you don't like. And what makes you feel joy? You just know, I mean, for those that have seen me um, online, I've got bright pink hair and bright pink glasses. Um, So a hot pink lip is my thing and I love it. Put a nude lipstick on me, not so much. It doesn't, I don't, I don't, I personally don't like it. But the hot pink lippy, all the way. So for our our listeners, you know, find that thing that, that you love. Absolutely. What, and that's why I get a bit frustrated by rules. I know we want, and I'm happy to give guidelines and rules around, you know, what are the things we could be doing to flatter and enhance us now, for sure. But I also want women to go, what do I love? What makes me feel good? And rock that. So whenever I say, okay, here's a bit of a guide and a rule, if you're doing that, like, for example, I get a bit um, frustrated when I see people saying that, you know, us mature ladies shouldn't wear sparkly, shimmery products anymore. I go, well, I Mm. like sparkly, shimmery products. They're fun. They're playful. And why can't us 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, beyond, Mm. be playful, have fun, have bright pink electric hair if we want. You know, it's about not just subscribing to, oh, well, I shouldn't do that because I'm of a Mm. certain age. Mm. Yes, you should if it makes you feel good. I'm 100%. So tell me, Amanda, I mean, we know there's a minefield of products out there and we always love divulging into other people's kits but what are you loving i think generally lightweight luminous products in general are great for most mature skins now before you girls start having a little go at me if you've got oily skin if you're lucky enough to still have an oily skin as a more mature skin lady okay i'm not talking about full-on shine but something that is lightweight luminous and it's been in my kit for since the day it was born, just about. And that is the Armani Luminous Silk mm. Foundation because it's a beautiful, lightweight, luminous liquid foundation that is really buildable. So if you want to wear it nice and sheer, you can. It looks super natural and it just gives a, that beautiful radiance to your skin. So I do really love that. 
I also am a really big fan of a face oil. I do think a nutrient-rich, nourishing face oil is brilliant for mature skin because, again, it just brings, if you're feeling a bit dull and lackluster, it does bring a beautiful luminosity to your skin. There are lots of great ones. Nude by Nature's just brought one out. Biology do a beautiful rose hip oil. They all bring beautiful radiance to your skin. And Amanda, is this used as something as a treatment or do you use it under your makeup? Like how do you, because I mean, it, it can be quite frightening for people thinking like, oh, oil, as you said, but is this something that uh, is a nighttime ritual or how would you use it? I really, I really like for the daytime, if you've got a drier skin or you're feeling like your makeup is, or your skin's just looking a little lacklustre and you want to build that sort of, lip from within glow before you even reach for your makeup. Make sure your skin's prepped really beautifully and a nourishing face oil can do that for you. So I tend to use a couple of drops of face oil mixed with a little bit of water or using damp hands and really massage that into the skin before then applying your sunscreen or your foundation, whatever it is that's going to come next. I also think I'm a bit obsessed with a cream blush. Mm, very nice. I love a cream blush because it just, it's foolproof. It's easy to use. It melts into the skin, becomes a part of the skin. Because I think the, the less product there is to sit on top of skin, the less product there is to sit in those crinkles and wrinkles. So a cream just really beautifully melts into your skin. And I mean, again, we're so spoiled. There's so many great cream blushes. I know Anastasia Beverly Hills just brought out one that I really adore in the stick. That's a beautiful product. What do you like? Mm. Which cream products do you like in the cheeks? Oh, um, I like a MAC a MAC one. Um, but I must say, I also love Hourglass, which is not a cream, but um, uh, but going into the powders because they are really lightweight. So it's not a heavy blush because I, I like a blush, but uh, you'll find because they've got that luminosity to it, that, uh, that you know, the light reflecting particles without being sparkly, that's, that's a very nice one. Oh, RMS, which is beautiful. Um, Trini, by London, I, she's, she's put out uh, a few kind of beautiful sheer ones. Yeah, I mean, like you said, minefield. But we, like you said, what's great about it is foolproofed, a couple of little... T- but you know what? Also, a good trick from our mums is a lipstick. Lipstick, yeah. yeah. Lipstick. Bit of lippy, whatever's bit going on in there. The a little bit on the cheek. Old school tip, but fantastic. Mm. I think if you're also something that I'm really, really... A big advocate for if you are perimenopausal or menopausal or you live in a very humid climate is actually a stain, like a cheek stain. So mm. Benetint, Benetint mm. from Benefit is a great product if you are going through that that sort of stage of life change and you want a bit of colour but you don't want anything heavy sitting on your skin. Mm. I think that's a great product. Um, long wear eyeshadows. I'm a huge, huge fan of the Bobbi Brown and the Makeup Forever uh, long wear eyeshadow crayons. Again, mm, they're preach, full- sister. Yeah. <laughs> they're foolproof. <laughs> they're easy to use, particularly if your eyesight is failing. If you're not confident with eyeshadow, you can do the eyeshadow crayon. You can just use your finger to blend them. They set. They don't budge. They don't crease. I think they're brilliant. 
um, for just bringing that little bit of definition around the eyes. And what else am I obsessed with? Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed with a banging bright lipstick. I think Bobby Brown do beautiful lipsticks. Yves Saint Laurent do beautiful lipsticks. So many great hydrating, nourishing, full coverage lipsticks. Mm. Something that brings that contrast to your face. So if you're I love a bright. You obviously love a bright. I know it's not for mm. everyone, but I would encourage mm. you if you think, ooh, I'm not a vibrant lipstick girl, I would encourage you to just up the ante a little bit, like push yourself a little bit out of that nude comfort zone and go into something that has a, a touch more vibrancy to it. Amanda, what would you say to um, to our listeners who love a lippy, but of course with with aging, the fine lines are happening around the mouth. I know it's happened for me. I've had to change my formulation. I cannot wear, but I love, but I cannot wear uh, anything gloss in it or I mean a semi finish to it because it just bleeds. Mm. You know, so to me, I've found a little common uh, common ground is I've used a Revlon Color Stay lip pencil because I like to draw mine on a little bit bigger because they're fine as anything. Color in a little bit, just a teeny bit. And then use something that's kind of a bit semi-matte. And there's that kind of that nice hybrid there. So it doesn't go anywhere. Because what do you what do you like to recommend? That's because of fine lines, anything just, you know, that's a common complaint. Oh, lipsticks bleed on me. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, because so many of the estrogen receptors are in and around our mouth zone. And that estrogen is plummeting as we go through the menopause. It is part of the aging process. We are going to get that cracking and that creasing and that sort of um, shrinking, I guess, a little bit of the lip area. I'll always, my process is use a stain so you've got something there when your lippy does wear off, except Mm -hmm. a creamy or more waxy, like a waxy, like you said, the Revlon Colour Stay, a sort of waxy lip liner will really help with preventing that bleed. Okay, it may not completely avoid it. It depends. We're all a little bit different. Depends how deep the cracks are. But I do think a waxy lip liner, if you've never really lined your lips before, get a nude, a nude lip liner, and ever so slightly using that waxy textured lip liner, just like you said, you overline slightly. In fact, all of us have got almost like this second lip line if you look really closely not just the what's it called the vermilion line not just where the depth of the tint in our lips is but ever so slightly outside that with a waxy lip liner color in and then apply your lipstick and yes nothing that is too high shine or too sticky because that will bleed into those cracks but a waxy lip liner in the perfect nude will work a treat for helping prevent that dreaded bleed. <laughs> mm, that dreaded bleed. Amanda, one, la- one last question for you. How do you encourage your clients to try new things? I mean, we get stuck in a rut, done the same thing for a long time. Maybe some women have never done anything different when they first started wearing makeup. How do you encourage them to step out of that routine? I think by the time they reach out to me or start following along with what I'm doing, they're they're really ready. They're feeling a bit stuck in a rut. They're feeling a bit bored and generally just been going through the motions and not really loving what they're seeing. So 
like you were talking about before, what, what we see in the mirror, if we like what we're seeing, if that reflection makes us feel good about ourselves, will we rock on for the entire day? And we want everyone to rock on feeling great. So I would say if you are been doing the same thing since your 20s, it probably is time and you're not loving it. It's time to just make a little bit of a shift. It doesn't have to be a huge thing, um, something in a more luminous BB cream, a more luminous, lightweight liquid foundation is a small shift that you can make with confidence that it's going to be more flattering for your skin. I also encourage women, particularly those of us who are transitioning to silver or finding that that translucency in your skin is making you feel a little pale, to just go and try Think of lipstick as an accessory, like a fabulous pair of glasses or a fabulous pair of earrings or a scarf. It's a way to accessorize and just get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Try something with a little more punch and vibrancy and see if you like it. What's the worst that can Uh, happen? You can wash it off. Amanda, a joy speaking with you, always learning. Even I've been in the biz a long time, but you still pick up tips and tricks. So thank you so much for joining us today on Timeless. I love your message. Let's go forth. Let's change the world. Pro-aging, baby. All the way. Pro-age all the way. Girls, rock on at every age. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about Timeless Beauty and really campaigning to redefine that beauty narrative. Thanks for having me. Oh, great, Kez. What a fantastic chat you had with Amanda. Thank you, hon. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Always learning something new. So what are we chatting about next week? Who have we got on? Oh, I'm so excited to be introducing you to a gorgeous friend of mine, Anthea O'Connor. Anthea is a stylist, a mega stylist, and she's actually a former editor of Vogue. So that will be amazing to have a chat to her, and we'll have a chat about our personal style journey as well. Can't wait. Have a great week. Chat then, Dale. See you then. This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and we pay our respects to their elders, both past, present and emerging.